Hey guys, welcome back to According To. I'm Megan. And I'm Sierra. This week, we are going to be hopping on a different Reddit thread. We're introducing something new. Um, I'd say it's similar to Unpopular Opinions. It is the Change My View thread. And we are going to be going through, we found a couple of different Change My View threads that we disagree with. And we are going to just have fun and try and give them a different perspective. Potentially change their point of view. Obviously, most of them probably aren't listening. Yeah, and also, I mean, most of these are pretty lighthearted. Some of them I'm sure you could, like, take more seriously than others. Or, like, you could actually, like, you know, gather actual information and facts about something. And that's not what we did to prep for this podcast episode. So I just want to preface with that. It's like Um, act like we're all friends just sitting around the kitchen table um, looking for a fun conversation to have. That's what this is. Yeah, so nothing too serious. Um, We'll obviously, like, talk about whatever each thing is its viewpoint is but then also we'll talk about our thoughts but like none of this is super um thought of in advance like i haven't done anything to look into yeah and i'm know, sure a lot of this stuff will probably be not super black and white so if you run into some gray area then like we'll obviously discuss that and maybe it won't be quite so like oh here's like the complete opposite perspective that you have but maybe it's like well let's play devil's advocate here and you know switch things up a little bit but before we get started we have our weekly spotlights to talk about, and my weekly spotlight is, I feel like I'm surprised we didn't talk about this last week, at least I don't think we did, but Olivia Rodrigo's album, Sour, has just been on repeat for me, and I would like to talk about it. I think it'd be fun if we maybe uh, did a, a brief ranking. ranking. Okay, I'm going to have to pull up the soundtrack. I will say, I mean, this happens for every single, you know, anticipated album that uh, comes out that I, like, am interested in listening to. I'm, like, highly anticipating it, and then I listen to all the songs. And I I'm usually like, am underwhelmed at first. Eh. Yeah. Uh, that happened with the Jonas Brothers' Happiness Begins album, and then same thing with Sour. And I think everyone experiences this because you have to listen to the songs and, like, fully, like, know what to expect, I guess, with the songs a good couple times through before you can come to some, like, definite conclusions. And after doing that, I've definitely um, come to differentiate the songs because I think that's an issue I have when albums come out is, like, all the songs sound the same. Um, so, like, I've listened to it plenty of times now, and I don't know that I have a definite ranking, but I'm certainly, um, I have some strong opinions. I think that, um, again, this is also going to be hard for me to, like, do a full-on ranking, but you kind of, I'll talk about, like, my more favorite songs and, like, less favorite songs. Yeah. Really like, um, I'll just go in the order that they're listed. Brutal, I'm, Hot it's take growing here, on me. I think Sierra just I don't like it. I know Brutal is a lot of people's favorite song, and I, again, I don't hate it, but I feel like it's hard to sing along to, and that's usually what I look for in a song. Also, I feel like, side note, you have to, like, driver's license is unfairly placed in this ranking because it came out so long ago at this point everyone's sick that of everyone's it. over it, so it's low on everyone's, including mine, but, like, it is a good song I was jamming to when it came out. Perhaps if none of these were singles, you know, that would affect things, but just had to put that out there. Traitor is I one of my that top one. ones, and I know it's pretty popular among mm-hmm. everyone, so I also have it up there. One Step Forward, Three Steps Back is also one of the ones that yeah. I really like. I think it's on, like, the lower end of my top ones. Does that make sense? Like, if I think of, like, all the songs that I like, it's up there, but it's the lower one. Mm-hmm. The I really like the end of it more so, but, like, again, like, the slower ones, um... You kind of have to, like, wait till like, they have, like, their one special moment in the song, I feel like. And that's where it's, like, okay, yeah, this is what makes this song good. Mm-hmm. Deja Vu, I still really Love like. Love um, Probably not as much as I used to, just because I've been listening to it so much. I was, like, since it was a second single, it came out, and I was, like, ooh, this is better than Driver License. And then, like, Good For You came out, and I was, like, this is better than that one. So it was just, like, building up. And, like, I think Good For You, that one's, like, the next one. That's probably still my top one right now. I think so, I just too. love it. I love the vibes. Enough For You. And honestly, I'm going to put um, Hope You're Okay with this one, too. These ones are just, like, they're definitely, like, the slowest of the slow in my mind. And they're not my favorite. See, I like Enough For You a lot. Hope You're Okay is growing on me a little bit, but I agree that it's, like, slower. You Again, it, in the, the Hope You're Okay it. one, like, the best part of that song is, like, in my part, like, or in my opinion, the part where it's, like, address the letters. Like, that's where it's, like, it's special moment of the song. So mm-hmm. I like it. It's just you kind of have to get through the whole song to get to that good part. Happier um, is probably, like, my favorite of, like, the completely new songs on the album. I love that one. Same. Although, I also... Here's my hot take. 
I've seen a lot of slander with jealousy, jealousy, and I like that <laughs> one a lot. So that's I also up there with mine. I'm in between. I liked it less. I'm coming around to it. But when Megan was saying that was her favorite one, I was kind of like, I just feel like it's one of the only other songs on the album other than her singles that really is like kind of a more upbeat one. Yeah, I could see that. too, but I have mixed feelings on that one. Um, Favorite Crime, I've actually like really come around to that one. Like I always liked it, but I'm like, I'm really getting into it now. I like that one a lot. Yeah, that's all of them. Let us know your sour rankings. At first I thought like a, because when I was looking at how it was like, 34 minutes is how long the album is. I was like, it doesn't, that seemed short for an album in my opinion. But then I looked stuff up and that's actually pretty average. So. Oh, really? Yeah. I just always know that the Jonas Brothers album is like 45 minutes. So that's what I compare it to. But we got a, the good or a good opportunity to listen to this album like so much because we had quite a bit of driving we had to do last weekend. And so it was like just on all the time. We like finish a run through of the album. We like go to like a different you know, playlist or something, and we'd be like, okay, and let's go back to it. I have, it's really great that there's so many smaller artists, and, like, the industry's grown a lot from just, like, there's not just mainstream artists on, like, the top hits anymore, which is great, but it makes it so hard to know so many of the songs that are popular right now. Like, I used to go through, like, the top hits on Spotify, and, like, that would be, like, my playlist, because I don't really make my own playlists, and it would help keep me up to date with, like, what the popular songs were, but... What's also bad about that is I hate actually, like, learning and listening to new songs that I don't know. So, I usually, like, if I don't know it, I skip it. But then, like, I don't, you never know, it? I don't know any songs on the Today's Top Hits now. So, it's kind of a challenge. What's your weekly spotlight? Um, it's tricky. I've had a great weekend. But I just can't think of anything super specific. I don't know. We had a good Memorial Day weekend. I just was, wish the weather would have been nicer. We went to Clear Lake, hence why I was talking about all the driving we had to do. Celebrated Maggie's birthday oh, a little yeah, bit. Oh yeah, made a pit stop. <laughs> I don't know if it was worth it, but yeah, <laughs> the drive was about the same length either way, so it didn't make too much of a difference. We stopped, uh, Maggie celebrated her birthday Friday night, which is when we were driving to Clear Lake, and normally we would take a different way from Iowa City to Clear Lake that's a little bit more direct. But we met up with her and her friends in Boone. So we backtracked from Iowa City to Des Moines and then went north up towards Clear Lake. And on the way, we stopped in Boone to celebrate with her a little bit. We didn't really do much. And then we left. And they left, too. Went somewhere else. But it was fun enough. I got an excuse to get a little bit dressed up, which doesn't happen much these days. Yeah, that was nice. I was kind of like, I have all these, you know, clothes that I started accumulating I, was, I still don't have a lot of like nice clothes but I'm getting somewhere and so I was like you know let me use this to my advantage yep okay shall we start with the change my view let's do it I will go first this one's um pretty low on the totem pole not super serious and I saw this and I was like I have big opinions on this So it says, change my view, escape rooms can use outside knowledge in their design. I can read a little bit about what they said. So it says, I just finished a book about escape room at game design, which first of all, didn't know they did that. It was a good overview about different puzzles, concepts, and and design elements. I liked and agreed with most of the content, but with one particularly, I had an issue. Um, It said that it shouldn't be possible to solve puzzles using outside knowledge. That was called to be bad design. On these two examples, Morse code and names of some rivers, if solving... A puzzle requires you to know information. Uh, the book suggested that it should be right there next to the puzzle or like somewhere in the room. Um, and these codes, these keys shouldn't be hidden or behind other puzzles. And then they said, I, on the contrary, think that if you know Morse code or you can read it without aid, that's a skill or talent you should be allowed to leverage in an escape room. And it, they say a little bit more, but I'm kind of like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm paying to do an escape room. I want to be able escape to room escape connoisseur. One, escape rooms are expensive. You pay good money to go into a room and be, like, be quote-unquote trapped. And if you don't have a skill that is required for getting out of that room... And again, if it's Morse code, but there's a, like, key with Morse code, that's fine. But if you expect me to know something that I simply do not, I'm I'm not sitting in the room for a half hour. Um, Exactly. And I've done 
escape rooms that are designed well and I've done escape rooms that are designed not so well where you're kind of like how are we supposed to get from A to B from here to here A to W that made no sense and it's frustrating when you have a room like that where you're kind of like you didn't feel like you really did anything Mm -hmm. like the escape rooms are most fun and are meant to be done in a way where like the person can start following along the clues they can be challenging sure but and like the more experience you have like doing escape rooms the more you kind of like know what to look for but they have to be solvable Mm -hmm. you know I've noticed since we started doing escape rooms and like I don't know if like when we started doing was like when we started doing them if that's kind of when they like really took off because I feel like before then like we kind of jumped on in my opinion early as soon as there was an escape you know escape chambers was the one in Des Moines that was the first one to my knowledge and like we jumped on that we were like let's do it and I think that was got around 2014 or something 2014 or 2015 probably so I don't know if that's like you know globally nationwide I'm not sure if that's when escape rooms really like took off but I would say like since then we've been not like you know completely like crazy active but like you know more than I'm sure than if the you guess me how many escape rooms we've done at how least many 20 do you think at least 20 that's probably a good estimate I think yeah which I would say is a lot more than <laughs> most people have done um I'm just big into riddles and that kind of stuff but you know back to the person's point it's if you can't solve it there's no like you will feel so frustrated because it's something that's out of your control Mm -hmm. and honestly I feel like it's better to have you know everything you need there because it still can be difficult to like piece the things together that you need so it's still like it's not just them giving you the answers like then you can go around the room and say like oh we haven't used this yet it's probably Mm -hmm. still important um yeah otherwise because I'm I'm trying to think of the last escape room we did um, had like a big like bird emphasis like a lot of different bird you know species and my god if I was expected to know any of that it would not have happened but like they give you all like you know here's this book about birds and here's you know all this stuff and that's like what makes it fun is when you can piece this together and be like oh the birds are important here's this book about birds you know let's use that to solve whatever we're doing and like oh the passwords are on about birds mm-hmm. that's just an example <laughs> maybe yeah i'm trying to think of like any really poorly done escape room that we've done i mean there was one that we did i don't know if it's like necessarily to blame like oh there wasn't enough information but it was just a poorly done escape room that we did that it wasn't really an escape room you were the premise was you were in your grandma's house and there was a family secret you were trying to uncover and like the goal was to find out the secret and not to like escape the room and you're just like usually these um escape room places are all pretty like well set up with technology in terms of having like cameras in the room speakers for them to use to speak to you and you can speak to whoever's watching you to the room and this place was like um here's a whiteboard for you to like write the secret down and knock on the door and i'll come check and it. i'll come check it it was just not a great experience you know i've uh come to realize at least in my opinion you can tell me if you agree or disagree but i feel like when escape rooms first started and like when we started doing them they used to have like a strict like three hint limit no more than that like they will not tell you anything and i feel like so much more relaxed and like the last couple years even like with the place we first went to like where i feel like they've even you know relaxed on their policy with that a lot of the game what are they called game masters i don't know um room masters they will kind of like push you in the right direction so even if you don't ask for a hint then like i feel like that is helpful because i think they know it's what's going to i mean everyone wants to get out of the room you know like if you leave and you didn't get out then you're probably like i don't want to do this again so that's probably why they changed it but i appreciate that because there's a lot of times where you don't ask for hints but it's like we are on the right track and like maybe it's just you know there yeah all right um the first one i have is uh, a little bit deeper, I feel like. Uh, change my view. We should strip the ability to purchase alcohol from people convicted of alcohol-related crimes, such as a DWI. I saw this one, too, when I was scrolling through. I was almost going to pull it. Share your initial thoughts. Initially, I mean, obviously, like, to change my view, I just feel like, no. I've, I also kind of worked my way around to it, kind of saying the alcohol is one thing, and that enables the destructive behavior that is when they have the machinery and stuff involved, but they already take away licenses and stuff. I feel like that's the extent of what can 
be done. Mm-hmm. Alcohol is not feel a legal like substance if they're of age to purchase it. The issue, obviously, like with the DWI, that was their specific example. The issue, obviously, was like that alcohol caused the danger that ensued from operating a vehicle. But ultimately, it's the operating the vehicle part that is the dangerous aspect of that. Hence, like what you said, people get their licenses taken away because they can't, like, they shouldn't drive a car. Like, alcohol can obviously lead to other dangerous activities, but that's kind of up to the individual. Yeah. It's the context with when, with, within which you consume the alcohol that determines if what you're doing is dangerous or not. And that can be said for a variety of different substances, drugs, whatever. Yeah. I was even trying to, and I couldn't. I didn't really honestly think that much about it, but I was like, is there any other situation where what they're proposing can even be kind of related? But again, I didn't really. Or like, I would be curious if that was a case, like, would things be pinned on like something like alcohol? If like, let's say there was some sort of like domestic abuse situation and alcohol led up to that. Would people be like, oh, the the alcohol, don't let them buy alcohol again. It's like, well, I don't think that's the main issue. Mm -hmm. So I think in that case. Or in scenarios like that, things could get swept under the rug and be like, oh, like, that's an alcohol issue. Like, you know, don't let them buy alcohol again and it won't happen. But there's usually underlying causes that and be like, well, something like that could happen again. If it's, you know, I would just imagine like person has like destructive behavior in the first place that, you know, I don't know if just being like, oh, they can't buy alcohol. It's going to solve the problem. But I was, again, I was trying to come up with like different examples also of something that'd be kind of like. Something that, I don't know if this is, like, a specific argument type, but, like, you do, like, oh, what about this example? And it's, like, oh, that's actually, like, really dumb. Like, of course, that would make sense. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to think of, like, not alcohol, but, like, you know, person uses this substance. This happens. You're just trying to think of To make it, like, seem ridiculous. You know what I mean? I feel like that's an argument type, but I can't think of what it's called. I'm not the the right person to ask. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll let you know if I think of it. But I think we're both... Have come to agreement. What they say? Anything that's convincing? Uh, they just said someone with a DWI has demonstrated their inability to responsibly consume alcohol. Someone with multiple DWIs has proven to be a danger to, is se- that to responsibility society. To consume alcohol or responsibility to not drive yeah. when consuming alcohol? I don't know. Someone. Uh, I think this could be. You know, if people argued the other way, I wouldn't be surprised either. But. Yeah. I also just feel like it's easier for you to confisca- confiscate a license than to say, like, like what do you give someone to s- make it so that you know not to, s- like, to serve or let this person buy alcohol? Yeah, like, you have to, like, scan their ID and, like, that would be a thing. And then also, like, people who don't, people who aren't of like, age can easily get alcohol. Right? We already have people that don't listen to, like, they're not police officers, which, like, a police officer would be checking if your license is revoked or not versus other individuals selling alcohol they're not going to really care as much or like someone again could easily get a fake id and it would work just as well as the fake id that people currently use so i see flaws yeah here's a light one um change my mind dark mode is better than light mode and i chose this because i am someone who doesn't care about light mode or dark mode and by default then since most things are default light mode i have light mode i have become team light mode and i am offended by all of the light mode slander that i hear right like i don't care if people are dark mode but everyone who's dark mode seems to care that people are light mode also someone though and i feel like this might have been something we've mentioned in an episode before when i am on my electronics like i need my brightness up all the way up turned up Unless it's, like, in a dark room. Obviously not insane. Mm Mm-hmm. But in general... In general, I could be, like, all the way up brightness-wise, and I'm kind of, like, it can't go up any more than that. Sometimes the phone, like, does that weird thing, though, where it's, like, I don't know if it's from being in the sun too much, where it, like, dims. And it makes me so angry. Because I'm, like, all I want is for it to be, like, brighter. Yeah. So light mode, I think, automatically helps out with that. The whiteness is going to make it brighter than darkness. (laughs) There are a few things that I have in dark mode... For really no rhyme or reason, just because. I wanted to try it out. What um, see so the hype is about? One is my desktop Twitter. It, I saw like a light mode, dark mode option. I was like, let me see what the hype's about. And I just never changed it back. I'm not on Twitter. You know, you get used to it either way. Like you get used to whatever mode you're on. And then on TikTok, um, it doesn't really matter as much on TikTok because when you're scrolling through the For You page, it looks the exact same anyways. But the profile I have in dark mode, so... I didn't, I changed that because I was like, let me see 
and I didn't change it back because again, I don't really have a huge preference, but since the default's light mode. Instagram though, kind of, when I see people dark mode on Instagram, that kind of throws me off. I'm not a, I don't think I'll switch my Instagram over. I just, like you said, a big fan of the lightness, the brightness. Um, I personally find things harder to read when it's white text on a black background as opposed to black text on a white background. So, you know, to be able to read things a little bit easier, I prefer light mode. And also, like, I tried the YouTube dark mode. I hated it. I changed it after, like, 10 minutes because I was like, I can't do this. It makes me feel trapped. It makes me feel trapped. That's, like, the best way I can describe it. I'm just like, I have to get out of here. (laughs) Yeah. That it for a lot that? of people are saying like dark mode's easier on the eyes, and I'm sure it is. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. But did but I say I take care of my eyes? No. Is that it? <laughs> I just had it. I'm like, should I share this with you guys? You guys have promised not to make fun of me if I share this with you guys, but you like mentioned something about, like take do I take care of my eyes? And I'll only speak for myself, but we both just had dentist appointments. Oh, I was like, where are you going no. with this? And I haven't been to the dentist since before the pandemic started. Um, so we finally went and did that and I was expecting like, I don't know what it is. I know I drink pop. Okay. I understand that you guys, I don't know what it is, (laughs) but what could possibly cause all these to be fair. A lot of people, I don't think my diet is that different than what a good chunk of Americans diets are. Okay. Fair. That's what I will. Do I know how often most people go to the dentist or how many fillings most people have or cavities? No. So that's another thing. Um, but I am going to be. I have always been prone to cavities my whole life. Like, every time I go to get my teeth cleaned, I honestly just, like, expect to have cavities at this point, if that says anything. I couldn't tell you. Like, I do not know how many feelings I've had in my lifetime. Right? People are like, how many? And I'm like, I've lost count. I never counted. I just never did. I didn't, like, stop counting at a certain point. I just never counted. It's been plenty. I I feel less bad about all the cavities that I had when I was, like, on my baby teeth. I'm like, eh, those don't matter. Um, so just, like, and I even had a hygienist tell me that, like, my teeth are naturally like more pitted so they're more prone so i'm just saying i have been told by someone who knows what they're talking about at least a little bit that my teeth just might be like more prone to sorry i just hit the the mic to getting cavities but went to the dentist i was expecting i was like it's been a while like just prepare a little bit for the worst and you guys can make your assumptions in your head like what i'm about to say maybe it's high maybe it's low four cavities that i have to get i also had four cavities since megan clearly was like oh you can tell them or not i don't really care you didn't have to. I know, but, like, you already implied. So. No, because you could have had a different amount. You would, They would just know you had at least one. Okay, well, I had four. So, that wasn't great, but and also, I will go get them fixed. We went to a new dentist because our other dentist retired. And this dentist was like, oh, you got, like, grind your teeth, you and your sister both. Yeah. And I was like, never been told I've that. never been told by any dentist that I grind my teeth. And he's, like, talking about, like, having to, like, get a mouth guard potentially at some point. And I was like, dude, no one has ever told me this. I don't want a mouth guard. Like, I'll do what you say, I guess, but just news to me, I guess. Yeah. And then also I meant to ask about getting a new retainer because I've been using my stupid plastic one ever since I got, I've had a history of getting a root canal too <laughs> before. Um, and so since then, like when you get a root canal, you also get a crown on your tooth. And so it's not the exact same shape as what my tooth was previously. So like my metal retainer. Has never fit since then, but the plastic one fit fine. And but it's really getting like it's not meant to be used all this the time. long term. And so I've really been meaning to get a new one, and I forgot to ask about that. So and I also maybe want to go get my fillings because it's off. gross. Would really like to get a new one. Anyways, so I get it. I don't take care of my teeth. So ultimately, well we prefer should, light why. mode over dark mode. Is what we're getting at. That's why I didn't choose dentistry <laughs> as a career, because I would be a hypocrite, honestly. Okay, I'll skip my next one, because I think Megan has that one. Um, change my view. Children should be allowed to vote. They said voting age is arbitrary and 18 is far too high. Children have equivalent intelligence, autonomy, and self-interest as many no, adults don't. at much younger ages than 18. I don't 18. agree with that. Their futures are decided... Yeah, they go into like this whole argument thing, but... I... I sure there can be plenty mature teenagers. Like I know I don't want 18, to discount any teenagers. There could be a completely no idea what they're talking about. Eighteen year old and someone who's very involved at sixteen. I agree. I don't want to discount any uh, teen 
activists, political, like, people who are politically involved, I think that's great, especially since it means that you are, like, preparing yourself for when you can vote, and you, like, be more educated than a lot of people, and I also agree that, you know, just because you turn 18 or you turn, like, you know, 45, 50, 60, that doesn't mean you know anything about Mm -hmm. politics. However, I think it's undeniable that the older you are, the more you have to deal with just the political system in general, and just, like, having to live life, you know, deal with insurance, deal with taxes, deal with owning property, you know the effects of, like, what the government has on people and on you. Whereas, like, with a child, you can, like, live in this period of, like, bliss, of, like, Like knowing but not knowing. Like, you know in theory things, but then usually things aren't affecting you specifically. Mm Mm-hmm. So I just am, like, I don't know. I think 18 is fine. Yeah. Especially then it gets to, like, I think some people who were, you know, replying to the change my view were, like, what do you want, like... You know, 18 is the age where you can, like, be in the military and, like, do all that stuff. So, it's, like, it kind of all comes at, like, a nice, solid age. Yeah. And, again, I don't know why it's 18 anywhere in the world to be, like, oh, 18, you're an adult. Especially, like, you'd think 20 would be, like, you know, new decade of life, you're an adult. What's also interesting is a lot of people um, talk about, like, lowering the drinking age to 18. And that's actually not illegal. States could do that, if you didn't know. They have to pay higher taxes if they do that, though. I'm just saying that. that. I'm just saying that they could, so... Yeah. Is that all? Yeah, I would just say. And then, like, just my final thought, I guess. If you lower, like, the voting age, like, then what stops you from, like, lowering it more? Like, what's the cutoff? We don't want four-year-olds to be older. elections. I have no idea. And again, we didn't look anything up for this. (laughs) Probably not going to. So, we're just having a nice casual conversation. Okay, here's my first one that's, like, a little heavier. Or, like, we'll need some more thought provocation so this one says change my view double jeopardy should not exist in cases where the evidence or when the evidence is so overwhelming that it is clear that the defendant was the perpetrator i have thought about this a lot because service level i agree because like you've heard about plenty of cases where someone has been tried for a crime and then like maybe evidence comes out again later that's like oh like they definitely did it but they got off and now you can't try them again but I say surface level, it sounds good. No. Are we going to have the same thought process? I thought we might actually have, like, a disagreement or I'd be able to start. Well, I'm just saying, like, I'm sure there's a reason Double Jeopardy exists. And if I were to look into that, then I'd probably be like, oh, I get it. Here's my my thought process was kind of, again, like what you were saying. It really is upsetting from, and I know that if you're not actually like, sitting in on a trial and it's not being presented, um, like, fully on tv like you don't fully know what everything the jury is hearing you don't know all of the evidence so it could seem very like straightforward to you but if you're not on the jury then you might not know everything and so then if you if someone gets off and you're like no they were definitely the person you know you feel like you want that person to obviously pay for whatever it was that they did but then I was kind of like the whole point is and I've always been of the mindset of I would rather have a guilty person go free than an innocent person go to jail that's always been my mindset which is why I think the judicial system tries to make it hopefully really difficult or have like a high set of standards to make it so someone is found guilty of something you have to point like you have to have enough evidence where by having double jeopardy it makes it so you don't take them to trial until you feel like you have enough evidence to go prove your point has to be beyond a reasonable doubt or whatever standard it is for whatever the charge is. And the jury has to, everyone in the jury unanimously has to find the person guilty. And if they don't, then it's a mistrial. It's not a mistrial. Yeah, it is. Oh, the unanimous part. Yeah. Okay. I get what you're saying. And then obviously, like, if it's a mistrial, you can retry. They'll do it again. But I think that that's kind of like the whole point of trying to protect everyone who might be charged with a crime to have the most protection possible. I actually agree with that. So it's frustrating, but I think that it's really in the benefit of everyone. Yeah. Again, I think it kind of just circles back to the point that you made where it's like, it's probably better to have an innocent innocent person make sure they're free. I'm I'm (laughs) screwing this up. It's better to have a guilty person go free than than an innocent innocent person go to jail. At least in my mind. You can disagree with that completely. I agree with that. I do agree with that. No, I'm just saying like, not you. I'm saying like people listening. I'm saying I do agree with that though. Just putting it (laughs) there. Okay, uh, this one's a lighthearted one, at least I think. Uh, change my view, the ability to speak with animals would be a useless superpower. I've always wanted that, though. 
We have to think of like uses though. I think that would be so useful. A vet? I bet they would. Could you imagine? Or just like I like started like when I read this, I was like, would we like have to change like this like layers of society to include animals? Like, do you know what I mean? They could integrate (laughs) into society. I don't know. Like, I just think it'd be really weird. (laughs) Like, imagine. And, like, they're saying it as, like, a superpower, so I guess that's implying one person can speak to animals. But, like, imagine, like, one day humans and animals could just, like, understand each other. I feel like that would just change everything. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it wouldn't, I don't know. I feel like it wouldn't necessarily change that much. I think it would. <laughs> I'm, like, in theory, they just think what they think already. What if the thoughts are any deeper is what I'm saying. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, they don't have human level consciousness. <laughs> yes. I didn't think about that. <laughs> I'm thinking of like walking outside and seeing like a deer in my backyard and then I'm like, hey, how's it going? And they're like, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> like I'm just, I'm thinking of, thinking of it as they just are the creatures they are. And maybe they could say like, I'm hungry <laughs> or like my stomach hurts. <laughs> What's funny is like, could we please go to the park? It's funny because like you say that, but that requires some level of consciousness to like be able to like verbalize primitive that? level type going stuff. to the park is primitive <laughs> how what is the deepest thought that you think you're like comparing them to like speak? babies and babies can't do anything you have to like teach them how to speak what like babies can't like verbalize things yeah i feel like you're comparing like their consciousness level to babies okay so what do you think is the deepest most complex thought that lily for example our dog can think <laughs> see do you think that when she's laying down she's like pondering thoughts that i don't know conscious? do you know <laughs> i'm asking what you think i think she's I think sleeping no. most of the time <laughs> so no but i also know she dreams like we know dogs and animals dream that has to require well, like have to have short-term memory and stuff too and that's them reprocessing their day but like you you can tell that like Dogs have fear. Dogs have, you know, very happiness. features. Okay. But, like, you don't think Lily could say, I love you? You don't think she knows what that is? I is think that she primitive? could. I feel like, yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> Do I think she could? Do you think she could say, like, her favorite food? No, because I think she wouldn't know her favorite food, honestly. But, like, she could... Do you think if she could speak, she could verbalize a preference for, like, one food over another? No. I think she would say, I like all food. You don't think? Imagine, like, dogs at the dinner table. They say, this food is better than the food that I get. So, I want your food. I'm saying beyond dog food, I think everything's pretty much even playing field. Now, dogs spit out vegetables. (laughs) Not our dogs. They like carrots. I don't think you're giving them enough credit. Or, like... The joy that Lily feels when she goes and plays fetch. You don't think, like, excitement? She gets excited. She could verbalize that. She could. I'm not disagreeing with that. Like, what do you want from her? I don't know. She's not going to talk to you about, like, Albert Einstein or anything. (laughs) But she doesn't know who that is. Maybe if we taught her. You could communicate that with her. Okay. Um, that's all I have for that. I do think that it would be highly useful though why don't they think it'd be useful he said here's my argument first being fluent opens a lot of possibilities for personal gain this is again them talking about like the person having a superpower or we were more talking about like societal you know wise all of a sudden animals can speak uh second talking to animals would be a novelty that makes you a circus act third we can already communicate with animals through body language and vocalization and animals would not be very interesting what does a dog have to say (laughs) Most importantly, you have to assume that gaining the power to speak to animals makes all animals fluent in your language. Otherwise, you'll just be speaking with simple creatures. It's It'll be like having a convo with a toddler. Is speaking with a toddler useless? No. Sometimes. <laughs> they're like, why is this? Why is that? Sometimes they're just talking to talk thing. and then you just have to like respond back so you're not rude. Okay, here's my next one. Change my view. Neckties are ugly and old-fashioned. I saw this one. Can they, like, what did they have against neckties? Um, ties are stupid and should not be required as part of business dress. Button-down shirts I can understand. 
Slacks, sure, but ties, why? I simply don't understand, um, especially with all the changes um, concerning gender. If I merely tell my boss I identify as a woman, okay, they're getting into just whatever else they want to. Um, yeah. Is it a requirement that men wear ties in, like, business? I think that usually if the dress casual? code is, not business casual, business or- professional is usually when I think ties are kind of expected. Hmm. I Here's the thing. I'm honestly jealous of guys in terms of when it comes to dressing for like business professional settings. Much less confusing. Yeah. Or like I just feel like no matter what scenario you're in, no matter what scenario you're in, your outfit always makes sense. Like if I had the ability to like put on like nice shoes, slacks, button down, tie, call it a day, and she'd be like, Well, you could do that anyways. I'm not gonna do that. Okay, that's not I would not look good in that. Okay. Um I wouldn't feel good in that. No. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say I've ever, like, worn a tie, so I don't know if it gets, like, annoying or anything. It very well But, could. as a woman who's attracted to guys, I like a nice tie. So, you I'm like, I think it looks good. Think about, um, I started thinking about, first of all, like, ties versus bow ties, and I'm kind of like, I guess I don't really care. Like, for a business professional, I think a tie is nice, mm-hmm. but for wedding or whatever else, kind of whatever suits you, I don't mm-hmm. care. If someone were to have a preference and want to do a bow tie over a tie, I'd be like, okay sure but then I was also just thinking back to like homecomings and proms and stuff and I'm like you know it really is like the bane of those situations not having a well-fitting suit (laughs) like it makes all the difference like how you look it's like it really matters not on like what the suit is but like how well it fits yeah that's just we're getting a little topic though aren't we yeah um this is my other side note but (laughs) I hate when uh guys will wear white tuxes or suits to prom like i understand that was a thing back in the day but i feel like now when you wear a white what suit are your or tux it's like you're trying to do something and i don't like it what are your thoughts on the shorter pant ankle showing no socks you know i don't mind it a lot of people do i know <laughs> i don't mind it either I don't mind here's it. what i will say to like a homecoming or prom maybe we just stick with going a little more traditional like I don't know. Is that the time or place? It's kind of like, here's where, I, like, there's certain situations where I'm like, um, there's times where I personally feel comfortable being fashion forward and then times where I'm not comfortable being fashion forward. For example, um, when we had speakers come to our class last semester and like it would be like, okay, dress like where you don't look like you just rolled out of bed. So it wasn't anything crazy, but I've like stopped wearing skinny jeans pretty much all together all around on the podcast i don't, I don't know. know i know we talked about it i think together because we were like and it's like i feel like there's a difference between me wearing skinny jeans and like a nice like sweater to like that sort of event where it's like i'm going to a speaker versus like and my I new abercrombie jeans right i don't know i think like i can't wear them i'm not trying to i feel it's like i feel uncomfortable trying to like show up making a like fashion forward statement in like a school my setting. class setting where it's like no one cares not that it'd be, like, wrong for me it's to just do that. Jeans, I just but it's just, like... This is in our head, guys. Yeah. I just personally feel like, okay, let me pull out my skinny jeans. They're tried and true. <laughs> in this situation, a simple sweater. Like, would I wear this anywhere else? Would this be my outfit of choice? And, like, I'm describing it as, like, how I... Like, a jeans and a sweater can be fine. But, like, what I'm thinking of, like, what I'd wear to class would not be what I would wear or choose to wear if I was trying to have, like, a moment. But I feel like, you know, anyone could probably relate to that because... It's the same thing when someone is, like, getting dressed, if they're a teacher or something, and they're like, oh, this is a cute outfit for, like, me to wear to go teach second grade. Would that probably be what they wear, you know, when they're going out with their friends? No. But it's still, like, for that scenario, it works. So, you know, it kind of just depends on the context with which you're wearing the outfit. I wonder why this person hates ties so much. I don't get it. Anyway, so I am pro... Maybe they can't tie Here's it. the thing. I'm pro ankle showing but i could very much see that like it's kind of a trend like it might very easily go out of style and you're gonna look back maybe and say why do we do that yeah so it's like if you maybe want to stick with something more timeless stick with the i feel like pant. the older generation when like like i'll see it and be like okay like i think it looks fine and then uh, maybe i'll be like oh, looks good sometimes i like the nice little ankle moment <laughs> but then i feel like sometimes um it's usually like younger guys that tend to do that trend so if it's like we're watching something or we see someone wearing that and like dad's with us i feel like he's like ah the ankle thing is like gotta go and i'm like oh okay maybe just the older generation just doesn't like that 
but the older generation has made some questionable fashion fashion choices as well everything goes in circles honestly i used to see like short y2k can you believe that not short shorts but shorter shorts you know and like i just am like i used to see like those short basketball shorts and i'd be like how'd that happen and then they had like super long shorts and now they're getting shorter again it's just it goes in circles i think it's funny like there's definitely some early early 2000s trends that i still look back on and i'm like no gauchos you know i obviously was big gaucho aficionado in my younger years but now i'm like ew those are hideous low-rise jeans hate them functionally big low-rise jeans gal i hate them now like i remember getting my first pair of like high-waisted shorts and i was like this is me making a decision little did i know that like, decision i mean i feel like it's honestly hard to like get low-rise jeans these days like i remember i transitioned from low-rise shorts to high-rise shorts but my jeans were still low-rise and then eventually we just made the full transition um or like i feel like i don't really get too into like the y2k fashion sense personally like the like little baby like tank tops with like the graphic stuff oh the baby tees that's what they're called yeah i don't like that for me yeah i was gonna say i don't mind it on other people but it's just i'd rather do something else for myself you said you thought feathers were coming back for hair feathers i only said that ray i only said that because i was like warning but i think she only had it in for like a day i I never hopped on that trend i hated that yeah i was like this is not getting tinsel in their hair not for me there's just certain things where i like have an immediate aversion like i can't switch that Mm-hmm. all right is it my turn for the next one yeah because we were just talking about fashion ties in general okay um change my view being a fan of a sports team is kind of pointless especially if it's because you're from that city to me being a fan of a sports team has always felt kind of pointless it kind of feels like you're a fan of a corporate logo and nothing more what really are you a fan of when you're a fan of a sports team? The players constantly traded. Every free, every few years, a sports team roster is drastically different. Coaches and owners are a much more permanent presence, but even those change very frequently. And I say a few more things, but basically their, their argument is that um, you're a fan of like the entity and not really like any specific I feel like you're a fan of a larger community. The community doesn't change. Everyone yeah. that you're like the culture of what fans do because that doesn't change. There's certain traditions that certain teams have, and that stays the same. The people who are going to be fans attending the games and all of that stuff, they're going to be the same for the most part. I feel like you could also compare it to Grey's Anatomy, for example. Whole different cast, pretty much who from the first left? season. But people who watched it from the beginning are still watching it now. I personally like don't even know what's going on right now. I like hop back in every once in a while. And then I'll step back. But I think you can use that same sort of idea where it's like, one, most of these changes happen slowly over time. So it's not like a complete, you know, change. Like you don't even recognize what you're watching. And I mean, I feel like you just come to accept that like, okay, you know, people are going to come and go. But the team itself, like you have to like place your ties with something. If you like invest Sarah in a player. Whole sports class, it's very powerful to associate with yourself with sports. Yes, it is. We um, place a lot of our personal personal identity um, within the sports teams that we watch and enjoy. And we help build communities with fellow individuals who also like watching those sports. And like, especially on like like, national identity, but I won't get into that stuff. Especially on like, I was going to bring up, you know, FIFA or the Olympics. Like there's a lot of identity tied to the sports you watch and the teams you're cheering on. And you do that to, like, create a community. Like, could you imagine good. if there were no sports, what would people do, like, at sports bars? Like, that creates, like, the environment itself is the sports. Like, that allows you to say, oh, I can talk to this person. We can all cheer together. And if you don't care, which is what this person's kind of implying by saying, like, why does it matter? Who cares? Why care? Then you don't have that. And, like, as far as, like, the corporate entity, I feel like, you could say this, like, we live in a... We live in a society. We live in a society, and you must participate in that society. <laughs> like, I just... There's so many, like, corporate influences. You can't just, like, say, oh, I don't like anything that's related to corporate America or whatever. Like, yeah. It's just, like, I'm a f- fan of my, like, school, you know... When I was in high school, fan. guess what? I cared a lot about high school football. Right? I don't care about high school football at all anymore. 
but I cared about it a lot when I was in high school because it mattered to me. And that was your community that you were surrounded with. Yeah. You all like were connected via this like high school sports stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Then you were out of it and then you didn't care anymore. Now you're in college. college football. I'll be a lifelong fan though. Don't worry. I feel much more tied to my college than I do my high school, which is interesting because I always felt like growing up, I mean, I liked the high school I went to. I plan on living in the Des Moines area, so who knows, maybe my kids will go there or not. Maybe they'll end up going somewhere else. But I used to be like, no, like my kids are definitely going to go to like where I went to high school. And And now now I don't don't care. care. Yeah. Wherever they end up is probably going to be fine. And like back to this original comment, I'm not even like a big like like NFL and MLB. Like I'm not a big any like pro sport fan, but I get it. And that's that's what I'm advocating for the people who it matters to. My next one is live action medium is inferior to animated medium. And I just wholeheartedly Younger disagree. Younger me would so agree with that, though. Like, Megan and I, we used to have, like, an aversion to watching any sort of live action like them, like, people TV shows. show. Yeah, we, like, Disney shows or, like, Nickelodeon would, like, switch to, like, That's Our Room come on and be like, no, I don't want to watch That's Our Room because it's got real people in it. Isn't that weird? Real people shows. Like, we just only wanted to watch cartoons. I wouldn't really say animated stuff because I feel like it was just honestly strictly cartoons. Scooby-Doo was, Mm -hmm. like, our favorite thing. But obviously I'm uh, 21 now, so I've grown out of that phase of my life. Um, I just feel like any movie I enjoy, it's a live-action movie. Yeah. And nothing against animation, especially, like, if people, like... No, I do have, like, favorite animation movies like Mm -hmm. i'm a big i like pixar movies a lot i really do most of them i like wally um i liked soul like they're good and i appreciate the effort it takes to put those together but it doesn't replace like having real humans in a movie and Mm -hmm. i just still would like my top movies are still going to be people that are are the live action ones yeah i agree i feel like i can't fully articulate why it is that i have like such a like a stronger preference for like movies with actual people in them as opposed to better connection to them movies but then you like think of like the pixar movies and like those make you cry so i don't know if it has to do with connection necessarily but i don't know i mean those are certainly if you have like favorite actors it's always nice to like actually see the actors Mm -hmm. in the movie yeah all right um i do like shrek though (laughs) Uh, next one that I have, interesting topic. Employers should not be able to fire someone for what they do outside of work. That says, I'm referring to what I've, I don't know what this is saying. They're saying illegal activities outside of work are not included in that statement above for obvious reasons. Did we discuss this recently? On the podcast? I don't know. Me and you're talking about stuff. I don't know if we talked about stuff on the podcast or not. Or if it's just us. Um... I definitely feel like, you know, overall, I would like to say yes, but there always has to be, like, a line. What kind of things do you think... Or anything that's, like, anything that could reasonably put, like, a company at risk, even from, like, an optics standpoint, like, that's something that a company always is going to have to consider. I think that one way that employees can certainly try and protect themselves is, like, whatever, whether it's, like, some sort of identity online that they're creating to make sure that's not tied in any way, shape, or form to... An employer, I think, is big. Mm-hmm. I wonder, this person didn't specifically mention, but, like, OnlyFans, like, what kind of effect does that have on, like, workplace stuff? Like, could you get fired for having OnlyFans? I don't know. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Or I wouldn't be surprised even if, like, they came up with, like, a different reason for why you were fired. Like, it's not that hard to come up with, like, What oh, do you think, though? In terms of, like, could they be or yeah. what? Or, like, should they be? Should they be allowed to be fired? I think the company has the right to, if they find that information out and they think it could make them look bad, I don't know if it's necessarily right, but I think the company has the right to decide for themselves. <laughs> so Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's a tricky topic when it comes to... But I do think in an, in an ideal world or work, workplace life balance, it's nice to know that you're not just an employee and like you probably are like, that's probably one of the least important things right? in your life. It's certainly unrealistic to imagine that someone is, like, crafting everything they do in life around, like, what their company will accept from them. Because I think that 
most people could probably agree like that their profession is probably like not like the last of their priorities but like in terms of you know the things that they like get the most value out of in life work is probably not like the highest on that list and they're they're not going to say like oh I can't do x y or z because that's bad for my work Mm -hmm. so yeah I only had one other one so this is my last one Change my view, the COVID lotteries in the U.S. are a disgusting misuse of taxpayer dollars. So, if you don't know what I'm referring to, there's a couple different states. I think Ohio was the first one where people that had decided to get um, the vaccine could be eligible for, like, there was five different $1 million lottery prizes. I thought the idea was genius, and I still think the idea is genius. Like, in the grand scheme of the number of people... Like, you're trying to impact with getting the vaccine. And then, like, from an economic standpoint, the more people we have getting it, the more we can return to normal. It was, like, a financial benefit to, like, $5 million is a lot, sure. But it's not a lot in the grand scheme of the economy. Yeah. And like you said, I don't know, like, exact numbers or anything, so don't call me out or anything. But you talked about, like, lost productivity from, you know, the continuation of the pandemic and just like other factors that have made the economy absolute trash since the pandemic started if we just like you know it's worth it it's a net net benefit to (laughs) benefits everybody (laughs) hurts nobody (laughs) um i think that if i was looking at the same one you saw um on this change my view thread someone mentioned like it's about equivalent to like 20 cents per person getting the vaccine in that given area in ohio or something that doesn't seem like a lot to me 20 cents per person the original poster already, like, responded to that, though, saying that they were drawing, like, a false equivalency. I don't fully remember why. It might have been something about, like, you're assuming everyone getting the vaccine, which inevitably no one's, like, not every single person's going to get it. And then they're also, like, bringing up the point of, like, the COVID vaccine is funded federally versus the, um, Lotto is Lotto would be state funded. But in my mind, it still is a net benefit. What, like, public health initiatives... Like, probably not to this extent, but they certainly have existed in the past before. Where it's like, oh, you do X, Y, Z, and like, you know, I can't even think Like, what we're dealing with right now is probably one of the biggest health crisis that any and all states are dealing with. So, if they want to put their tax money towards the public health campaign that is these COVID lotteries, I'm fine with it. Yeah. I would be fine with my tax dollars going to that. I would sign up, maybe. Actually, I always get, like, mixed feelings about, like... I've never once... How old do you have to be to do the lotto? I'm probably old enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I've never once done that or, like, bought in a lottery ticket because I always am, like, you hear such horror stories of people, like, winning the lottery and then having to, change like, change their, their life. So I've never been one to do that, but I always do the scratch-offs. Yeah. I always am gifted the scratch-offs. I don't buy them myself, I guess. All right. Uh, This one is also COVID-related, but I feel like it... Like, it's not so much a... Uh, change my view more so like i don't really get their point of view slash i think they're wrong (laughs) um the moderna vaccine is useless as a vaccine i I am no i think they came from a place of just misunderstanding i'm a moderna gang person myself so let's read what they have to say um i imagine the other code vaccines are similar but recently i got my first moderna shot and i'm getting the next one in a few days when i walked in thank you for getting the vaccine when I walked in, they handed me a paper with the information for the Moderna. I got my shot, sat down, and read uh, the information. At first, it was some pretty standard stuff. Quote, we don't know the effects in five years. Fair, it hasn't been five years. Quote, this isn't FDA approved. Fair, it's an emergency vaccine. But the next line had me a bit confused. I don't have the paper here, so I'm summarizing. Uh, the paper said something along, along the lines of, this vaccine does not contain COVID-19 is, and does not prevent someone from carrying and transmitting the virus. Its intended purpose is to nullify or dull the negative effects of the virus. If it matters, I'm in the military. Maybe I got some funky test vaccine. I don't know Probably what that's not. talking about. I'm sure you got the same Moderna vaccine. Uh, but to summarize, because vaccine does not inhibit spread, it's useless as a vaccine. And I said edit because it's been brought up. Yes, I know that it pre- protects the vaccine getter. I'm not saying it's useless. I'm saying it's useless as a vaccine. I didn't get I that. like, what? I was, I mean, I also saw this and I was also confused for a number of reasons. For I literally looked at the definition of a vaccine to be like, 
its only purpose is to protect the person getting it, right? Yeah. Like, also herd immunity and, like, transmission to others, which I think is kind of what they're trying to get at. But to be honest, when I read that, they're saying at the point when they've been doing all this, they didn't have data to support, although evidence seems to be growing. But again, when they're giving, they didn't have data to support that you getting the vaccine would prevent it from spreading to other people. Mm -hmm. And they have to get those vaccines out in circulation to see its effects on the spread. But it seems like it actually is reducing. Which is why now they've changed guidelines to be like, okay, we think that like you're pretty good if you get it. And then also, like it does say that it's not going to necessarily prevent transmission. What did it say that he said? Said... This vaccine does not contain COVID-19 and it does not prevent someone from carrying and transmitting the virus. This is like pretty, I don't know, because I think we're talking to Haley and she kind of was like, she understood it more once we explained it to her, but I think it's just like something to bring up to anyone who is confused with, like, you could get infected with COVID-19. And because that's the whole point by of definition, how a vaccine works. Like, this doesn't prevent COVID-19 from entering your body. Well, how you should be more deliberate with your words and say coronavirus versus COVID-19. Because the COVID-19 is the disease, coronavirus is the virus. Coronaviruses and any virus, like, you could get any vaccine you want. The virus, nothing's stopping the virus from entering your body. That's not what, like, it doesn't make a force field around you. So, therefore, as soon as it enters your body, you could technically say, or, like, I don't know if you technically say. You've been infected with coronavirus. Yeah. You could say that. Or maybe, like, but... I don't know if infected technically matters on like, as soon as it enters a cell specifically in your body. I don't know. But it is inside of you, okay? But whether or not it actually has an impact, that's when it matters whether it's getting to your cells or not. And the vaccine, in a perfect scenario where it works as it's designed and someone has like a good immune response to it, it's not able to go and attack the cells because your antibodies trap it before it can do that. And it makes it so that it's essentially neutralized and it can't can't have any effects on your body you which, can't get COVID-19 yeah but the virus can still enter your body and they didn't know they're like maybe that virus can go from your body to someone else but recent evidence is seeming to suggest that is unlikely so I'm so just spitballing that, that back out there any more sense to someone but I just think terminology wise like we need to still understand that like the vaccine's not a miracle worker and mm-hmm. that the virus still and moves. also just understanding vaccines while greatly effective, are not perfect and foolproof. That does not mean that people shouldn't get them. Because something is better than nothing. That's what I like to say. Um, you don't have any more, right? Nope. This is my last one. You should be allowed to post pictures of your children online if they are under 18. I disagree. Elaborate. Um, as a parent... You should be able to post what you want, although, like, I'm disagreeing with this to the extent that, like, as a parent, I'm going to decide what I want to post of my child or not, but there still is, like, a, an unspoken code, I guess, that I would be going by to determine, like, what's an appropriate amount, what should be shared or not shared, but mm-hmm. you think I'm going to wait till they're 18 to have Surprise their face everyone. reach the internet? Daughter reveal. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Um, I agree with you. I think that I get where this person's coming from. I think that most people who, like, say, like, claim these kinds of things where it's like, oh, kids shouldn't, like, have their faces published on the internet until they're 18, come from a place of wanting to, like, protect the child from uh, potential, like, child predators seems to be the number one I just feel like we're kind of past that point. I don't say that to minimize any true danger that does still exist with that, but I just think that 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 becomes, like, being a responsible responsible but hopefully not overbearing overbearing a parent who monitors what their kids doing and Mm -hmm. posting or what you're posting and making sure you have the appropriate privacy settings i think that's important too making sure that you have whatever you're posting pictures of your child on like but then i say that and i'm like if my instagram is my current instagram i know i'm just saying like each person has to do what they're comfortable with yeah i will say i think it's important like as your kid gets older and can like verbalize their own thoughts and opinions to you if your kid's like, oh, like, please don't post that picture on Facebook, I think you should respect that. Like, you know, I think that the older they get and the more they understand, like, what social media is, what Facebook is, whatever, then the more, like, power you should give them over, like, what you post about them. Yeah. Plus, also, I think that 18 is, like, kind of a weird age because, like, most kids can join social media at 13, 
And so it's like you don't even like control that necessarily. Anyway, that's all I have to say about that. That was your last one? That was my last one. All right. Well, I thought this was a fun different. It was pretty similar to the unpopular pins, but I thought it kind of allowed us to like escape that thread and or that thread and see what else people wanted to post about. So I thought it was fun. Good chat. And hopefully you guys enjoyed me and Sierra bantering back and forth. If you guys enjoyed this episode, uh, make sure you recommend it to a friend, maybe. Tell them about our podcast. We're just two twin sisters having a good time talking about whatever comes to our mind. And And you can market us that way. (laughs) Yeah. We'll talk to you guys next Thursday. Bye. Bye.